Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. My favorite uh, reaction from the week from a listener, F the midterm, let's talk about the squirrel. Yes. <laughs> many, many, right? many people feel the same way. Holy smokes. <laughs> we'll get there in good in good time. Oh, yes, we will. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, might Georgia just be gravy? That's what I'm wondering as I'm coming on air. I think I should first give you yesterday's poll result, which is really stunning. 20,078. 20,078. Has the outcome of the midterms destroyed Donald Trump's bid for the 2024 GOP nomination? The yes votes were 58.37%. So we shall call it a 60-40 vote. 60% of those who responded, huge, it's not scientific, but it sure is a huge sample size. 60% say it's over for Trump because of the outcome of the midterms. 40% say no, that's short-sighted. Where do the midterms stand as I come aboard today? Well, with regard to the House of Representatives, it's R's 211, D's 198. The magic number is 218. It looks like Republicans will get there, but obviously not Uh, with a wave, with a tsunami, with a big margin of any kind. So that will be interesting to see how it then plays into the selection process for the next Speaker of the House. Is it possible? Is there a lane for the D's? There is. It's unlikely, but there is a lane. The reason that I said that Georgia might be gravy is because with regard to the Senate, all eyes have been on the Senate. If you were to look at one of the cable outlets right now, as I am doing, Uh, you would see that it's R's 49, D's 48. In fact, all three of them right now, CNN, MSN, Fox, they've all got it in the Chiron. So 49, 48 with three states outstanding, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia. Georgia, we'll just sort of put to the side, that's a runoff on December 6. In Arizona, the Masters-Kelly race, David Wasserman for the Cook Political Report, who was here on the Friday before the election, we could go today, uh, says he believes it's now Kelly, that Kelly is going to win that race. I trust his judgment. So all of a sudden now it would go to 49-49. In the same way that I trust the judgment of David Wasserman, I think John Ralston has the best fix on the situation in Nevada. The Nevada race is Cortez Masto and Laxalt. If if you've looked at the most recent result, you've probably seen that Laxalt appears to be in the lead. But uh, in the case of Ralston, knowing where the votes are still outstanding, I heard what I thought was a compelling presentation that he made on MSNBC, that there's enough vote there for Cortez Masto to overtake Laxalt. And if the current trend continues... I think it was, you know, does she continue to perform at 60%, then she will surpass him. Well, all of a sudden now, it's 50-49 with Georgia outstanding on December 6th. It doesn't matter. Because if Herschel Walker wins, we're at 50-50. We're exactly where we were going into the midterm, and Vice President Kamala Harris is breaking all the ties. So that's not a prediction on my part. I'm just trying to give you the very latest data and latest thinking. Is it possible for Republicans to take control of the Senate? It is. 
But it's increasingly unlikely, I think. I think. Hat tip to Sam from Sharpsburg, Kentucky. Sharpsburg, Kentucky. Because he suggested something very similar. Your idea, Sam. Something very similar to what is today's poll question. If Donald Trump fades, will it also be the demise of MAGA? If Trump goes, does MAGA go? Yesterday's poll question where I talked about the impact of the midterms on Donald Trump. Yes, we're talking about Donald Trump because Donald Trump maintains that he is going ahead, at least as of this moment, that he's going ahead with his announcement on Tuesday, emboldened. Uh Uh-oh. Did something just change? No, I'm just fascinated by, go ahead, because you're about to talk about today's poll question, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you go before, I won't scoop you. But almost 9,000 people have already voted. Already. Already. Come on, I'm nine minutes into the, I'm not even nine minutes into the program. It's nine minutes after the hour. And it's really close. Really? Yes, that's what I'm so amazed at. If Donald Trump fades, will it also be the demise of, well, that tells us that Sam from Sharpsburg, Kentucky, came up with a great poll question 5149 holy hey hey sam 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 that is what we strive for you're hired sam. like it, it bums me out if i have written a poll question that's an 85 15 or i i mean that's not what i'm seeking to do i'm trying to make people think and really weigh in where there's a divide Nine thousand, and it's 5149 well done if donald trump fades will it also be the demise of maga well let's first address whether donald trump is fading remember when i came on air yesterday i said hey this is significant because the murdochs i think have been tipping their hand for a while that they're finished with trump but to actually see trumpy dumpty on the cover of the new york post on the cover of the new york post with this john podhoritz essay that says you know it's trump's fault Republicans are losing these elections because of the sabotage of Donald Trump. And there's there's a consistent theme now among many and many on the right who are saying, wow, look at it race by race. He's to blame for us having lost. Well, in Pennsylvania, I mean, the Mastriano debacle is because Donald Trump anointed him. Would Mastriano have won regardless? I don't know. Maybe Lou Barletta would have won. And I could give you a half dozen of those. So it was the Post yesterday, and it was also the Washington Examiner. Washington Examiner's voters show they want sanity and they don't want Trump. These midterm elections have made it crystal clear that voters want to move past the chaos and dishonor of the 45th president. And then you also had, because his book is about to be released, you had the essay by Mike Pence, My Last Days with Donald Trump, which was a TikTok of what transpired between Election Day and January 6th and thereafter from the perspective of the vice president, very critical of the conduct of Donald Trump. We knew it had taken place. We knew much of what Pence was reporting. But when it's coming from his pen, his mouth, I think it makes a difference. Now you can add to that mix, uh, again, a Murdoch publication in the Wall Street Journal, where the editorial is Trump is the Republican Party's biggest loser. He has now flopped in 2018, 2020, 2021, and 2022. And they go through it and, and, you know, chapter and verse, they say each of these losses is his fault. Take a look at New Hampshire. Don Bolduc lost to Maggie Hassan, 53-45. Arizona, the Trump-endorsed Blake Masters trails Kelly, 51-47. In Pennsylvania, the Trump-endorsed Republican Mehmet Oz lost to John Fetterman, 51-47. Dave McCormick, as I've been saying, would have been a better candidate. 
In Georgia, the Trump-endorsed Republican Herschel Walker trails Raphael Warnock. They're headed to a runoff. In Ohio, maybe you're going to give him credit, right? Because J.D. Vance did win a solid victory over Tim Ryan. But wait a minute. The margin was 53-47. Mike DeWine won by 26 points. Doug Mastriano lost by 14. How about the Peter Meyer situation where Trump, seeking retribution against Meyer for voting to impeach him, endorses a guy named Gibbs. Gibbs loses by 13 points. And on and on and on. Uh, Peggy Noonan, never, you know, a, a, a big fan of Donald Trump, but someone with her own conservative bona fides headlined today in the journal. Maybe Republicans will finally learn. Similar thread. On the outcome as we know it, the MAGA movement and Donald Trump took it right in the face, she said. She talks about the so-called normie Republicans. They did just fine. Chris Sununo in New Hampshire, won by 15. Brian Kemp in Georgia, won by more than seven. Ron DeSantis in Florida, won by nearly 20. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. On Mr. Trump himself, everything has been said, writes Peggy Noonan, including in this space for a long time. An esteemed Tory political figure summed it up succinctly in London in August. Donald Trump ruined the Republican Party's brand. It will now stick with him or not. It will live free or it will die. Further along from Peggy Noonan. They are no longer stuck, meaning those Republicans who want an escape hatch. This week's epic loss, a landscape of pro-Republican issues and a repudiation of Republican candidates should jar them loose. He is nowhere near the only game in town. It's now time for a jailbreak. So how is Donald Trump responding? He is responding much like Captain Quig in the strawberry uh, uh, cane mutiny episode. On Truth Social last night, he said the following. Now that the midterms are over and a success, ooh, hold on, let's stop right there. Right now, as I told you, the Republicans are leading but don't have control of the House, 211 to 198. Republicans seem to be leading for the U.S. Senate, but they're really not. But to Trump, it's a success. I read on. News Corp, which is Fox, the Wall Street Journal, and no longer the great New York Post, Bring Back Call, that's a reference to the former editor, is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious. So he is right back at it and right back to taking on DeSantis. What is DeSantis's indiscretion? What did he do other than be successful? Well, that's all that he's done. I'll explain that in a moment. Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations, who didn't have to close up his state, but did. Wait a minute. That's going to be the pitch? That Florida was in a lockdown? Florida is the state that everybody points to as being the, the beacon of openness and freedom. You know, the antithesis of Gavin Newsom in California. But to Trump now, here it is. He's a sanctimonious guy, and he shut down his state when he didn't have to. Unlike other Republican governors, whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine? Where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. Okay, so so this the the, the argument now is the snowbirds stuck around. Everybody fled New York 
and went down to Florida because they wanted the son. It's not so much they wanted the leadership of DeSantis. Okay. Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agriculture commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. Ron had low approval, bad polls, and no money. But he said that if I would endorse him, he would win. I didn't know Adam, so I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. When I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. Years later, they were the exact words that Adam Putnam used in describing Ron's endorsement. He said, I went from having it made with no competition to immediately getting absolutely clobbered after your endorsement. Trump says, I then got Ron by the star of the Democrat Party, Andrew Gillum, who was later revealed to be a crackhead, by having two massive rallies with tens of thousands of people at each one. I also fixed his campaign which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when the votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County, and Ron was going down 10,000 votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys, and the ballot theft immediately ended. Just prior to them running out of votes necessary to win, I stopped his election from being stolen. I made this guy. That's me summarizing, but that's what Trump is saying. He'd be nothing without me, is what Trump is saying. And then he concludes this way. And now Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games. The fake news asks him if he's going to run if President Trump runs. And he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future. Well, writes Trump, in terms of loyalty and class... That's really not the right answer. So he's an ingrate. I made him. He's an ingrate. This is just like 2015 and 2016, a media assault, paren, collusion, when Fox News fought me to the end until I won, and then they couldn't have been nicer or more supportive. The Wall Street Journal loved low-energy Jeb Bush, and a succession of other people as they rapidly disappeared from sight, finally falling in line with me after I easily knocked them out one by one. We're in exactly the same position. This is like, well, don't worry, everybody. We've seen this movie before. They will keep coming after us, MAGA. See, he turns this now. This is our fight. This is us. They're coming after us. But ultimately, we will win. Put America first. I love it. Put the, says the guy whose only indictment of Ron DeSantis is, I did things for him, and this is how he treated me. But now he says to you, put America first, because I am. Make America great again. It's just amazing. I um, I did a, a, a Zoom call yesterday for, it was open to uncon, unconvention attendees. Steve Scully and Jason Grumet from, BPC, you obviously know Steve from here on POTUS, put it together. And I said to them in this this Zoom yesterday that I was rather looking forward to the interim, you know, now to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to Christmas, before we have to go full in mode for 2024, you know, do a little of my uh, my Larry David curb shtick, talk about squirrels and things like that. But like, I, I can't, I can't because... Because Trump is sticking, as of this moment, 
he is sticking to a Tuesday announcement of his candidacy. Now, I'll tell you something else that I did yesterday. Uh, I also did uh, uh, an hour-long podcast with Michael Cohen, which I think he's dropping on Monday. That must have which been was, spirited. It was, it was hysterical. At one point, I said to him, am, am I going to get a word in here? <laughs> like, I, I felt like I was sitting there just so he could blow VA. A little role reversal, right? I was yeah, about to I know, maybe I know, I know. But I mean, I have to tell you what Michael Cohen said, because he knows him Please. so well. Yes, no, no. So well. He's joined at the hip with him for two decades. All right, so what does he think? That he will not run. Okay. That about, he will not run. What about Tuesday? He says he'll announce something just to keep it all going. Oh, boy. And, you know, he, We're all gonna tune he pulls in. no punches. He says it's all a grift, that it's all about fundraising. Trump raised $100 million, spent very little of it on the midterm elections, and that he, Michael Cohen, because he's on all these Republican donor lists, gets bombarded every time. Something happens in the news. It's another reason for them to say, send, send us, us 20 bucks. Right. Just a little. So, but I, I don't know what that Dodge looks like. I mean, is, is it, it possibly is it be? enough if he stands up Tuesday and he, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm announcing my intention. It is, I am an, here tonight. I am announcing my intention to run for, I, well, no, no, that's like he's already you say said intention, that. Then that's running. No, there's a little, you know, Come just on. a little. There's no wiggle room in that. You either say you're going to run or you say something else. I just don't know what that something else would be. Let me be the first to say that I said it at the time of the escalator. I said it at the time of the Frank Luntz interview where Trump said that he didn't respect John McCain, that he respected those who don't get caught. I said it again at the grab him by the P episode when that tape was released. There have been any number of instances where I've thought, like, come on, this is the end. And now do you this think is the that? End. I do. You really do. Yeah, I really do. I really, okay. I really, you can mark Starting the tape. now. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I'm at no risk because I've been wrong so many times <laughs> about it. Just, just add join, to the list. the list. No, I really do. I, I, I think that, uh, I think that there now are signs. It doesn't matter what the people on the outside looking in say. It matters what the people who are still within that party. I, I'm an, I'm an expat. I haven't been a Republican since 2010, okay? You know, give me John Kasich and Papa Bush and people of that stripe and maybe I'll come back. But no, I, I think it's, I think it's really turned and the, the Wall Street Journal, let me just see, the Wall Street, yeah, the the Wall Street Journal sub headline says he has now flopped in 2018, 2020, 2021 and 2022 flopped and it's true i mean it's absolutely true republicans would have controlled the senate for the last two years but for trump and his handling of georgia two years ago now i have to catch myself and say okay but wait a minute michael if it's a multi-candidate field how's he beaten how how can anyone well maybe if it's a multi-candidate field initially and then they coalesce around DeSantis or someone. But the other thing is this. Well, I, oh, I, I could talk about this forever. But just his, his, his outburst yesterday, can you imagine how ugly it's going to get if it's DeSantis oh, and Trump, yeah. just the two of them yeah. in the primary? Yeah. Well, I think he's trying to intimidate him. I think Trump, I think Trump oh, is trying sure. to bully him to not, to not even get in this race. Ron, this is how ugly. I mean, t- t- Trump... Peter Wenner, what does he say? He brings a gun to a knife fight. He's This is the way he plays. He plays hardball, and he's, he's trying to scare him right the hell out. I don't sense that DeSantis, but I don't know him well, 
is is going to necessarily fold his tent because Trump is saying, I know things about him. But wow, is it going to be uh, is it going to be interesting and not in 2023, but like next week, next week, what's he going to say and what will be the response from DeSantis and our Republicans really ready to abandon him? If you look at it logically and go through these different races, you really do see his thumbprint on the losing side of the scale time and time again. And I, I watched more of his rallies than any of the rest of you. And I'm not bragging about that. I, I, I feel obliged to do it. And there's a curiosity factor. But when I saw him at the Latrobe, Pennsylvania rally, which was the uh, weekend before the election that he did for Oz and for Mastriano, it is it is festivus. It is the same old airing of grievances and nothing is forward looking. Like, I wonder if someone wrote a well-crafted, forward-looking speech of talking about the things, not not just we're going to make America great again, but like, like here, here are five, like the Republicans did, contract with America and what they called it this year. Here are five things I'm going to get done in 2025. I don't know. I mean, how would that be received? But he's he's incapable of doing it. Okay, you can call and tell me I'm wrong. By the way, he's uh, back on Truth Social this morning. Tell me now. Tweeting or truthing or whatever it is, all kinds of things. Yeah. Such as Yunkin. Now, that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Holy crap. Really? And Virginia couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically. 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 Got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it. Besides, having a hard time with Dems in Virginia, he'll get it done. Yunkin. That's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Wow. So he's just he is just right now. He is he is Captain Queeg. Do you do you guys remember the Kane mutiny? Do you remember that the, the USS Kane is about to go down and Humphrey Bogart is the captain and instead of worrying about the ship, he's worried about the strawberries? I suppose you're wondering why I call this meeting. As you all know by now, we had an excellent dessert for dinner tonight. Ice cream and frozen strawberries. Well, about an hour ago, I I sent Whitaker to the pantry to bring me another portion. He came back with the ice cream, all right. But he said, sir, there ain't no more strawberries. Now, gentlemen, I do not believe that the officers of this ship consumed a full gallon of strawberries at dinner tonight, and I intend to prove it. Holy smokes. That is what I think of when I hear him going after DeSantis and Yunkin. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. I mean, when he says Yunkin, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? He is saying, I am willing to get as dirty as it takes. Are you are you prepared to climb into the mud with me? That is that is what he is saying. Ah, uh, Saul, you're in Washington State. Greetings. What is it that I am missing? You say that I am missing something. Good Good morning, Michael. Always Hi. enjoy your show. So just, you. just bear with me for a second, because I have been voting Republican. I have Republican family members. I have, you know, friends that I go to school with, went to the range with and everything. But I'll tell you one thing. From 2016, I'm a black person, okay? And from 2016... When Trump came out and started all those racist stuff about 
other people, other race, not only black, but everybody else, like this Yunkin comment that he's just made today. Because of that, I just I don't want to hear policy from the Republican Party. If they don't clean up Trump and what he represents and the amount of threat he put on people like me and, and, and Asians and, and, you know, Native Americans and everybody else, there's no way in hell I would ever vote for him or anybody associated with him. I think that's what people miss. And I have a lot of other great friends of mine who are in the same boat, white, black, whatever. They will never vote for this party that has become what it is. So if they want to be successful, Chris Sununu is right there. That's the kind of guy that is even kill that can win my vote. Otherwise, Ron DeSantis, all these people, I don't care. If they don't fix you're, that, you're putting you're putting DeSantis in the same. Oh, you're saying because they don't condemn Trump. Not only that, DeSantis had like white supremacists, you know, demonstrating and throwing flags everywhere. Well, they ask him a specific question whether he would condemn them. He won't. So they've I been afraid. They've been. Yeah, they've been afraid of him up until now. Up until now, I, I think that those institutional forces that you would expect would be condemning. They've been scared to death of Trump and his base. I mean, how about if I go back well, to the example that I gave you, which was Mike Pence. Yeah. Now he writes a book. Now he's going to tell us what went on January 6th inside, you know, the bowels of the Senate. Why didn't he tell us in front of the January 6th? Because he was afraid then, but he's not afraid now. So they're it's all they're late. all Mike Pence yeah. is yeah. too late. And, and DeSantis and all these people, they're going to come back out, out here and start telling us about what they would have should have or whatever. In the moment when it mattered, they did nothing. I okay? think that's fair. And, I think you're right. I know. I think that's fair. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, there's nothing they can say to change my mind. This MAGA and Trump and his racist nonsense need to go away. Otherwise, I cannot hear policy. Okay? I hear you. Yeah, you I can't. I get it. You can't. You cannot I look. I totally understand. You cannot look back past the vitriol and get to the substance. Kelly, you're in Melbourne, Florida. Greetings. Top of mind is what? Um, as a former military, former law enforcement, grew up in Texas, live in Florida now. I voted conservative pretty much my whole life. Um, up until about eight years ago, I, I, I kind of like you, I switched. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I think that it's MAGA is baked in. I think it's, I think it's here to stay. And I think what's happened is that sentiment has been there for a long time. It's just Trump has made it okay to say it out loud for a lot of people. Um, families have been destroyed over over politics now. I, I just I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that it's here to stay. Right. In other words, it's almost like anti-Semitism, that it's it's among us. But you hear it at some times, frankly, right now, uh, more than others. And so the, t- the type of sentiments that he's expressed have always been expressed, but behind closed doors. And he now made exactly. it acceptable to say it in the public square. And and I think social media has has oh yeah has ampl- has amplified that. It's like it's oh, like yeah. I, I know people that they get their news from yep. Facebook and Twitter, yep. and yep. it's just I I've lost like I said I've lost numerous friends over it just because I say look guys I cannot support this anymore. I can't right. do it. Yeah, and I'm they're like, talk- well, you'd rather you'd rather have Joe Biden. It's like well. I hate to say it, um, you know, you guys are willing to vote for a turnip rather than a rather than a Democrat. Right. You know, look at the Herschel yes. Walker thing. You know, it's yeah. like anybody but a Democrat. And it's like, uh, yeah, I think 
uh, my wife says that I'm Eeyore, um, and that because uh, all is lost, I think that it's. I think we're done. Oh, but come on, Pooh! Come on, <laughs> it's not that bad, Pooh. It's okay. I, yeah, I get it. I remember. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Brian Mackinac, Michigan. What did you most want to say? Uh, well, I talked last week with you about uh, the Kansas effect, and yes, take a look at Michigan. MAGA is dying here. It'll be in the news, but it's dying. We won not only all three key leadership roles in the state, but we took the both the Senate and the House representatives here in Michigan. It's a completely Democrat state now, and uh, even elected Supreme Court justices that are of the Democratic nominations. So the, My- the Meyer, uh, no- the seat, the former Meyer, soon to be former Meyer seat, is the one that I paid close attention to, where Gibbs. Yep. Uh, you know, Trump Trump went with Gibbs for one reason, because Gibbs would say the sort of nutty things that Trump would say. And of course, Myers voted to Peter Meyer voted to impeach Trump. And that was it. And guess what? The Republicans lost the seat. Yep. Well, it was a Kansas effect in uh, the you were right. polls got it yeah. all wrong. Yeah, you, you, you were right. You know, it's a thank you, Brian. My own take on it is that there's not a uniform conclusion. I know we're all, especially people who do what I do for a living, we're like looking for the sound bite to sum it all up. It was different in different parts of the country. And the more, I'll go with the word of Peggy Noonan, the more normie Republicans, they did fine. They won. Brian Kemp, he won. Stacey Abrams lost. A lot of people were splitting tickets. Elizabeth, you're in Kingwood, Texas. Greetings. What did you most Hi. want to say? Hi. Hi. Yeah, it's a pleasure to speak with you. So, right. so uh, Kingwood's a suburb of Houston, um, and I'm going to agree with your previous caller, Kelly, just um, from where I am and in my community, although Houston's very blue out in the suburbs, it's, it's very conservative, and there are a lot of uh, MAGA Republicans, many of whom are my friends, which has been challenging, but... Yeah, I think it's here to stay, at least at least in the South. Um, and I think you've got a lot a lot of savvy politicians who have seen that Trump has basically exposed this nastiness. It's it's always been there, but it's kind of the ugly side of um, you know the American underbelly. And whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or some other alkalite of Trump, I think they're going to step in and, and run with this um, nationalist business because it sells and and. They can, these politicians really manipulate people's fear and nostalgia for their own gain. You sound like Kelly, who called from Florida, who thinks it's not going away. It just might go underground. Yeah, I know. I, I completely agree with him. Um, I, you know, I've just been shocked by people I, I respect and admire some of the things that they, they've openly admitted and condoned in, in terms of Trump and just some of the nastiness that comes out of him and um yeah i I think it's here i think it's here to stay i think it's always been here trump just made it acceptable well i mean to your point it's really much like the 2010 tea party movement the same elements of the tea party movement i think morphed into what became maga hear more of michael smirconish on sirius xm's potus channel 124 live weekdays from 9 a.m to noon east or anytime on the sxm app connect with michael on facebook twitter youtube and at smirconish.com michael smirconish for independent minds